Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. I want to welcome you back to the program again this week. And uh, first of all, just wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. The season that we are in surely is a season where we need to celebrate the King. We've been in the middle of a series on the book of Joshua, but I want to make a few remarks, I think, uh, even concerning Christmas, because it is the Christmas season. But when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, uh, they began to declare, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill to men. And the royal son of David uh, was born, you know, uh, born in a manger. He was the fulfillment of the Abrahamic promise that out of your loins will come a seed. He was the fulfillment of the Davidic promise that said out of the loins of David that will come a king. He is the the son of David. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. There was a a king born in a manger 2,000 years ago that led us into uh, a kingdom that is now governed by him. And uh, the message was glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. So we wish you a Merry Christmas, and we say that Jesus is not going to reign. He's reigning right now. And I want to make some some analogies in comparison to some of the things that we were sharing over the last several weeks out of Joshua, because we were talking about how everything that happened to the children of Israel under Moses happened to them as an example. Yep. And we pulled the scripture from, I'll just read one verse out of this 1 Corinthians 10, and all these things happened to them as examples. And they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends, plural, of the ages have come. And we use this chart to show you how that this was the old covenant age. And this is the beginning of the new covenant age. And right here was a 40-year transition period. And that was a powerful parallel to the wilderness journey. But it is also, as you mentioned just in one of the segments recently, it was also a powerful picture of the reign of King David. Because David ruled for 40 years, and interestingly enough, after David's reign, David reigned for 40 years, which again is a powerful picture of this transition period from the Old Covenant age to the New Covenant age, where Jesus said in Matthew 23, this generation won't pass until all these things are fulfilled, It was 40 years. He gave that prophecy in 30 AD. It came to pass in 70 AD when the old city was destroyed and God gave birth to the new Jerusalem. Old Jerusalem fades away. New Jerusalem comes on the scene. Old covenant is destroyed. New covenant is birth. An old harlot is removed and a new bride has come on the scene. Uh, It's a tale of two cities. It's a tale of two covenants. All It's an old heaven and an old earth passing Mm -hmm. away. A new heaven and a new earth coming on the scene. But just like you see with the reign of David was 40 years. His son Solomon came to reign over defeated enemies. And just like the Jericho transition, just like it was in the time of Jericho, uh, you know, everything was accomplished. Everything was finished. And just like we were saying, you know, all of this stuff that you see in, in the book of Joshua where he says, you know, now the land was subdued before them. How long will you not possess your possessions? It's so powerful to me because here we sat, and I think God is saying the same thing to people right now. How long will you not possess your possessions? We're waiting on God to do something. 
and he's waiting on us to do something. I just yep. posted on my Facebook page yesterday, we're waiting on a move of God, but God's waiting on a move from us. Yep. Because he said, I've subdued it. Your enemies are defeated before you. The devil's defeated. I mean, Jesus said, who hath spoiled principalities yep. and powers? He defeated the devil, made a show of them openly. And we have to keep that enemy defeated, you know. And so, you know, uh, and, and as, we, as, we, as we celebrate the finished work, we start to understand that there's some stuff we ought to be living in, some stuff we ought to be doing. And so, you know, even in this season, you know, he's, he is not going to be king. He's not just a baby anymore. He's not just a baby in a manger. He has grown up to become a great conqueror, and he's now the king. And to hang that on something scriptural, Acts the 15th chapter, the new covenant is being birthed. This is during that 40-year period. And, and they're still lighting candles and baking bread down on the mountain where the, the temple's at. They're still going through the rituals, except there's no ark behind door number yep. three. But when all of a sudden God jumps out of the theological box and starts including Gentiles, Peter stands up. He said, to disagree the words of the prophets, I'm going to return again and build the tabernacle of David, which was broken down that the residue of men can seek after him. And he begins then to go through this analogy that we should not then, the whole Jerusalem council was about, we do not need to try to bring these people back up under yep. the law of Moses that we couldn't keep ourselves. So we're not going to require them to, for circumcision and all of these rituals because we could, nor our fathers could do it. Yep. So this is really a, a powerful picture, again, even in this Christmas season, mm -hmm. that we can kind of take a look at that and say, this is about King David who is now the king. The kingdom of God is not some millennial future. I believe we started the millennium at the end of this at the yep. end of this age. I believe the reign of Jesus is an ongoing reign. It's not just a thousand years long. That's a that's a the metaphor like he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That doesn't mean he owns the cattle on a thousand and one. But the reality of it is, is that this powerful picture is us should have been entering into you know a uh, you know a, a, a finished work and living in houses we didn't build the giant houses you talked yep. about, entering into the rest of God. Because the fourth chapter of Hebrews tells us that the promised land in the new covenant is not a piece of real estate. It's rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And they did not enter in the first time because of unbelief. And once again, we got people still struggling with unbelief, not entering into this promised land. And he warns them again, even in the book of Corinthians, where we've read these examples from you know, several segments ago, don't follow after their example where they murmured and snakes came among them. Well, you know, you can see uh, that from snakes to great red dragons by the time you get to the book of Revelation, because if we create this paradigm where enemies can operate, yep. when we need to change our thinking, they overcame even in the book of Revelation by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So we need even look at the, like, because uh, you say, we, we say stuff and then it sparks other stuff. Yeah. Uh, David, in his reign, yeah. wanted to build God a house. Yeah. And so he tells, brings the prophet up and he says, this is what's in my heart to do. I want to build God a temple. I want to build him a house. Yeah. And uh, he says, you know, David's living in a palace and he's like, this, you know, I, I think God should live at least in yeah. something like I'm living. Same you know, standard I, said, I got. Sits <laughs> down there instead of that tent he's in, you know. And the prophet says, you know, do it all that's in your heart. You know, and he's all excited. The prophet's all excited, man. You do do what it's all in your heart. That's great, man. Gets get, starts walking out the place, and God stops him. He said, "He says you go back and tell David I never told him to build me a house." And he said, "He can't build me a house because he's a man of war." Yeah. He said, "Tell him I'm going to build him a house, which is a dynasty. I'm yeah. going to build him a dynasty." But he said, "He but he can't build me a house because he's a man of war." 
And so the whole, you know, when we think about this whole transition, even in that context, yep. is there was still a war yep. that was happening. Not all the enemies had been defeated yep. until the destruction of that temple. Yep. But Solomon, when he begins his reign, he begins his reign in peace. And God says, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you build me a house. And, I, and David, but David has supplied him everything he needed to build God a house. The house that God is building in this, in where we are, is not a temple made with hands, not, you know, precious stones and, and gold and things like that. It is, and we said this a couple, uh, a couple of segments ago, is that he, Jesus, the night before he's about to be crucified, he said, you know what, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If, you did, if, if, if it wasn't so, I wouldn't have told you. And again, people's minds go to, when I get to heaven, I got yep. a mansion. But then Jesus says, that word mansion is the same Greek word that means abode. So it's translated either mansion or abode, depending on which translation of the Bible mm -hmm. you read. You get down just a couple of scriptures later, and he says, but me and my father, we're going to come and take up our abode or our mansion inside of you. So the mansion that God is building, the temple that Solomon is building, because again, yeah. Solomon's another picture of Christ. He is the son that is ruling in peace. He's not a man of war. He's, he, the kingdom is subdued. They're in peace. Again, you just you uh, you started out. We're in this season of peace, goodwill towards men. That's what happens in this season. When the moment Christ well, came on the called the gospel of peace. Yeah. The moment Christ came on the scene, there was peace. The kingdom was subdued. Exactly, even in this transition historically, when this temple fell in A.D. seventy, bringing it into this forty-year period, and they began to enter into the new cup. They they entered fully into the new covenant age, an age our world without end. There began to be peace in the world, not in the mindset of how people view peace, but Christians who were being persecuted and put to death just moments before are now beginning influence in the Roman Empire, and Rome was being trans, who was persecuting Christians, yep. killing Christians, beheaded, beheaded uh, the Apostle Paul, all those things. They would light the city at night with Christians wrapped in uh, oil, to light their cities at night. That was the kind of persecution that these guys were going through. Again, it was a tribulation like it had never been before, nor ever will be again. But, this, but they go from doing that to all of a sudden the gospel is being preached and Rome is being, trans, yep. being transformed. <laughs> to, to even this day, the, the head of the Catholic Church is located in Rome. Yep. That's, how, that's how much of a transition. That's the peace that they began to enter into that began to transition the world. Now, we can still say there's horrific things. Even Christians have done horrific things throughout the ages, and most of the time it's because they go back to Old Covenant system. We exactly. start judging people according to the Old Covenant. Right. That's where the horrific stuff comes from. Exactly. But when we get a whole, but, but, but when people are preaching the New Covenant, the grace of God, when they're, they're, lo when, when they're doing like Jesus, beloved, love one another. Even, you know, because love is of God, and everyone that loveth is known of God, and loveth God. So he's showing that this train, when we, when, when Christians began to preach that, they began to love their lives unto the death. People began to be transformed. They began to be transformed by peace. And so the world went from a barbaric system, even. Like we went from a system where they were crucifying yep. people. And yes, there's horrific stuff that still happens. But we're living in another age today in which we, we don't, that's really not the mindset. Especially you think about America. People, we want to talk about how bad America is. Amer you know, we'll make, you know, people, there's, there's prophets that'll make America the harlot uh, of the book of Revelation. 
But in America, we pretty much love our families. We treat people, for the most part, well. We, we even, in, you know, uh, even in our systems of, of, of business and things, we, wa we raise wages so that people are raised above a poverty line because we don't want to see people in poverty. That's the mi that mindset has come through the preaching of the gospel over the ages. Yeah. And as much as people want to argue, if, if America was built on Christian principles. principles. And most of the principles that, that still function and work today are the ones that were built on new covenant mindsets of being good to your brother, looking out for one another. Loving your neighbor. Loving your neighbor, even as yourself. Not wanting to see somebody, you know, if you see somebody that needs a coat, you give them a coat. You know, especially you get into the Christmas season. There's something about me when I see yep. people ringing a bell. Yep. You know, or I see people that are, they're looking, you know, they're needing help. Man, there's something, I got them, I, I've got some extra bucks in my yep. pocket. Yep. Let's help them out. You yep. know, I, I, you know, they're, I start getting more generous around this time of year anyway, because I just love, I've been blessed. I want to see people blessed. Yeah. And, but more than just wanting to give people something out of my pocket, man, I want them to hear the true gospel that says there are literally, how long, how long will you not possess yes, your possessions? Yes, not like there's not enemies that we're still dealing with, but it's because we have not possessed what is ours. Go ahead. You, you know, you, uh, we think about giants. These were giant houses. These are still, how, these are walled cities. If there is still poverty in this world, it is not because there is not enough to go around. It's because we are still living, there's still a giant living in a home that should be defeated, that needs to be driven out. Yeah. He's got a giant house. He's got some abundance. It's time to drive that 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 giant of poverty out so that people can be released to have some Say abundance. Say that again, the giant of poverty. The giant of poverty. The mindset, to... Because I tell you what, a lot of people stay in poverty. Not everybody, but there are people that stay in poverty because that's all they've ever known. Yeah. That's what they were taught. Well, this yeah. is what you do. Yep. Here's how you function in yeah. poverty. Yeah. They get happy in poverty and they yep. stay there. We do the same thing even in our church systems. Well, this is how mom and pop always did it. This is that old, you know, that old time religion. This is how relig this is how church is supposed to be. We can't break those traditions. And if we do, we add another service or something. You know, this is yep. the contemporary, this is the old school. And not to bash that, I'm not bashing that. But what I'm saying is this those things are still giants. If that's what, if we think that's what gets us the abundance of God rather than it's an inheritance. It's freely given to us. We're still we're gonna live, we're gonna live in the bondage. There's still gonna be a giant of religion that lives in our home yeah. that keeps us from living in the abundance of God's yeah. grace. These things that we look at, if we think the government, we look and go, you know, government's corrupt, it's got all this stuff. Here's if you think this, then that's a giant living in a home that needs to be driven out. And I'm not talking about picking up arms against the government. I'm talking about getting involved in it. It's time for some even believers to go, you know what? I, I want to get in this and yep. change it. Yep. How we change it is not complaining about it. We get involved with it. We 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 Stop thinking we're escaping and start engaging stop it. Stop thinking it has to get this worse before it gets better. Start going, you know what? This is my giant house. This is where I'm supposed to be. And I'm going to place, I'm going to drive some enemies out from before me. And I'm going to change this system so that people don't have, again, so that people don't have to live in poverty. People don't have to live in this kind of bondage. They're not living in bondage to a system of, 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 of taxes, being overtaxed and stuff like that. We get involved in this and we do it with mindsets of believers who say, I want to, I'm going to do this because I want to see not just myself blessed. I want to see my neighbor. I love my neighbor. 
I want to see my neighbor blessed. I want to see his business blessed. I want to see the mom and pop shop that's been struggling during this pandemic. Yep. I want to get involved in something that helps free them. The farmer that's that's struggling to get his cattle into the the the, yep. the processing plants and, and not making anything over that. I want to get involved in something that changes that. Yeah. So that the farmers are that that work hard and are providing that provide the food for this country and doing the stuff that's providing and they're giving their lives to do it. I want to see them blessed. I want to get involved in that. Yep. I want to, I see a pro, I see a giant living in a house called pollution. Well, then I want to drive that and have, I want to drive that giant out of that house and I want to see the world begin to be living in some clean, you know, get some pollution out of yep. this place, clean up the earth, yep. make, it a, make it a habitation. If you look at this earth and you go, well, this world, this world sucks, then when's time we clean it up? Yeah, because we're supposed to be stewards of the planet anyway. And make it look like heaven. Yeah. You know, one thing about West Virginia is our slogan is almost heaven. Yeah. You know, and so maybe that's why I feel the way I feel. Maybe I've just been living in almost heaven. I feel like I've li- you know, I'm almost there. But I think that the more we begin to preach this gospel, again, he's telling Joshua or Joshua's telling the people, do you not see the vastness? Yep. You know, as we're in this Christmas season, getting ready to enter into the new year, people start making their new year's resolution resolutions or they're looking for what's well, a new year. There's some changes that begin to happen. Here's, I want you to have, I want you to have a repentance. I want you to have a mind change. This year is a year in which do you not see the vastness yep. of opportunity. Of opportunity and the heaven that's available to you. Yep. Do you not see that there's some giant houses? There's some walled yep. cities that yep. belong to you. And all you got to do is go down and begin to possess it. You don't have he didn't say go down and fight the enemy. Don't go out. You're not having to go to war with him. He says, just simply go in and possess your possession. This is not about fighting the government. It's not fighting these things. It's about possessing our possessions as believers in Christ from the right covenant, from the right perspective. It, God wants to get, it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. So it's not a warfare thing. Matter of fact, that's what Jesus said in one place. He said, you know, from, from, from Moses until John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffered violence, the violent taken by force. And we go, yeah, we got to go storm the gates of hell. And I've heard you say this. And I said, this is kind of your stuff. But uh, but it was from Moses until John the Baptist. Yeah. Because he's the last of the old covenant prophets. Yeah. In the new covenant, we don't have to go by violence. It's freely given. And for them of grace. It is stuff that he gives us freely. It's, it's an inheritance. Yeah. All you got to do is begin to possess it. And so as we enter it, we're in this Christmas season, getting ready to go into this new year. If you're looking for something new to believe, to look forward to, something new as you're entering, because when we think about the new year, we start wanting something new. We're looking forward to something. Okay, it's the close of one thing. It's the entering into a new. So if you're looking to change your mind about something, something new, man, there's you're in a new covenant. You're in a, a an opportunity where there's a vast, a vast inheritance that's still waiting to be received. There's stuff maybe that's in your heart and you go, man, I just wish, I wish I could have that. I wish I knew what to do. Man, I want God to start speaking to your heart. I want, I want the Spirit to give you ears to hear. I want Him to be a teacher, to teach you, to lead and guide you into all truth and to teach you how to receive yep. these houses, how to receive what He has for you. Yep. That's my, you know, He is 
He is meant to be a teacher. He leads and guides us into all truth. And so even this morning, I mean, even as we've been teaching, and you maybe you've been binge-watching this stuff, and you've heard something that is completely different than anything you've heard before. I still want the Holy Spirit to be the teacher. I want, yeah. I want you to, I pray that you have spiritual ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. I want you to, I want you to have eyes to see what the Spirit is wanting to show us. John, in the book of Revelation, <clears throat> the Spirit was always saying to him, come and see, come and see. John would turn, he would say, you know, and every time he would turn to see the voice that spoke to him, he thought it was one thing and then it would turn out to be something completely yeah. different because yeah. he had to have his mind changed about yeah. some stuff. Yeah. He was still looking for an old covenant stuff but had to learn there's something else. Yeah. This is not old covenant, this is a completely new covenant. Yeah. But he would always say, you know, but he'd go, you know, and I looked and I saw and he, he still was kind of had this old covenant mentality of just the, 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 the destruction and wrath of God that was coming. But in the, I think it's in the 21st chapter, the Spirit speaks to him one more time and says, uh, come and see, John, come and see. And he says, and I, he said, and, but he says it this one time, he says, and I turned to see, and he said, I, I John, saw. And this time when he said, when I, John, saw, he finally, it's like the Spirit finally opened his eyes to see the new covenant clearly. He didn't, he didn't see destruction. Instead, this time he says, and I, I John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven like a bride adorned. She had a lamb inside of her uh, sitting on a throne. Out of that lamb flowed a river of living water that began to change everything that it touched. He got a revelation of something. I'm praying today, as you've been hearing what we've been teaching on the book of Joshua, this new covenant stuff, the faith comes on you, and you turn. Maybe you've been, you've been trying to see what the Spirit is saying. Maybe it's been a struggle for you, but I want you to really get like John today and say, and I, John, saw, and it wasn't from an old covenant destructive system. It's from a new covenant. There was a brand new something coming on the scene. It was a new Jerusalem, like a bride coming down out of heaven. She looked good. She had a lamb in the midst of her throne. She had some life coming out of her, and it was changing the world. It wasn't bringing destruction on the world. It was bringing life to everything it touched. There was healing in the leaves of the trees of that city. There was something brand new in that city. That's what I want you to see in this new year, man, that there's something brand new, and it's bigger than anybody's ever told you it is. Rise up, look, and begin to describe this city in a new way. It's time we come and see. Yep, and walk through the land and describe it. I was yeah. thinking while you were saying, I see even right now, people look at the the, the, the bad things that are going on. But I, I preached recently, this is a time of opportunity. I mean, like never before. And listen, you know, while, you know, people are talking about evacuate, we're talking about occupy. And I would say right now, even with jobs, every, I have traveled the United States. There are jobs everywhere. And, you know, here's the problem with socialism. It keeps you laying on the couch thinking this is your promised land, except that runs out especially when the people with money run out of it. Mm -hmm. And so you, you might say, well, this is wealth transfer. I'm sitting here drawing this unemployment check, you know, and I'm getting, it's, and I ain't going to go to work to this as, until we've drained that whole mm -hmm. system. And now, let me just say this, first of all, for people who really need those programs, I am for it. Yep. There were days and times when I needed unemployment. There were days and times, even in ministry, when we first started out, that we, I'm not embarrassed to say, we use food stamps and we need it. So I'm not putting anybody down who needs it. But I can tell you this, if I was sitting in a place where I never had opportunity before, I would go get one of these jobs that they're offering signing bonuses. Yep. You can better yourself right now. If you lived in poverty your whole life, you need to change your mindset about yes, the sir. poverty mentality because houses you didn't live in and, and vineyards you didn't plant. In other words, this is an opportunity. There are jobs that are available that companies that never hired before 
are offering high wages and benefits from the get-go. Right now, I would go take those jobs, and then mm-hmm. later on when the people won't get off of the couch and go possess their possession, are going to go looking for a job, and you already got yours, yeah. because somebody's going to get these jobs. Because what's going to turn this thing around, even in America, is when we stop, we we got to stop this mentality that says, I, I'm just going to, we, we're thinking too small. Yep. And, and, you know, I believe there has to be. We are living in tents instead of mansions that are available to us. Literally, that's what was happening to the children of Israel. They are living in tents when there's the mansion available to them. And so what would you do? If you you could leave this tent and live in a mansion, what would you choose? And now that's what you choose also in this this kingdom is that there's a, and it's not just spiritual stuff we're talking about. This is natural stuff. There are literal wealth that God has for the people that are just simply call it today. Yeah. And you know, employers are looking for somebody that's willing to work that can test drug free and go and show up for work. That's the way the wealth transfer compared. And then what happens is God begins to bless you if you put your hands to something. Mm-hmm. But sooner or later, what you're going to do is perpetuate a system where all you're doing is living, uh, you know, out of a uh, out of a handout, which doesn't really even carry within any kind of self, sense of value where you're contributing something back because in the kingdom. We contribute something. Yeah. In other words, we're vital parts of, you know, and I, I've shared this and we're almost out of time, but, but, you know, I've shared this during every pandemic. There was a massive piece of reformation that came. But even when each p- piece of reformation came, it also bought changes politically, socially, economically, culturally, music. I mean, in, in the days of Luther with music and art and, and the printing press and technology, we are living in a land or time of opportunity. You can sit there and think about, boy, how bad it's getting and how bad it's getting and how bad it, but this is a time for the saints of God who will listen to what God is trying to say that we can possess our possessions. And even as this new year begins, say, you know what? I'm going to seize this opportunity and not wait on somebody else to do it for me because this is truly a time of opportunity where I can become the head and not the tail, the blesser and not, I can lend and not borrow and the increase of wealth can come in the midst even of all of this kind of stuff. And but you just, just like God, to... Moses, or, yeah, Abraham, I'm going to make you a blessing. Yeah. And so it's not just, a, like you said, it's not about us getting a handout. It's about God making a, you can't get, you can't be a blessing just getting a handout, getting just enough to get yeah. by. But when the wealth begins to come and God begins to bless you, you begin to be the blessing yep. that's able to help those in yeah, times. That's of exactly right. And as the seed of Abraham, you know, we're under command to bless. As the seed of Abraham, you go, and you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And even in the garden of Eden, he said, and the Lord God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply and refl- and replenish the earth and yep. steward the earth. And so we are, uh, you know, we are blessed to be fruitful and to multiply. Uh, we thank you for joining us. Let me just say very quickly that we do need your help to be able to do this kind of stuff with television, of course, all of our traveling ministries and everything like that, that we do. But if you would like to become a partner with our ministry, it's very easy to do. All you have to do is go to our website and there's a place there where you can give uh, via credit card or debit card, and you can set up a monthly debit uh, of any amount you want to set, or you can give a one-time gift, or you can scan the code that'll come on the screen in a few moments. It'll take you directly to that. You can give via credit card or uh, um, like uh, by calling the number on the screen, or you can give by check or money order by simply mailing your check to the address that'll come on the screen. Thank you for joining us. God bless you. 
I am excited to announce the release of my latest book titled The Great I Am. In this book, we will explore the seven times in the Gospel of John that Jesus says, I am. When he uses that phrase, it is always in contrast to something from the Old Covenant. For instance, they thought Moses and the law was the door into the sheepfold, but Jesus said to them, I am the door. They thought that Israel was the true vine, but Jesus said to them, I am the vine, you are the branches. As you read the pages of this book, you will discover that Jesus removed the covenant of death and replaced it with the covenant of life. Get your copy of the book, The Great I Am, today.